I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. We've got Super Mick Arteta. <laughs> what a night. What a night. Just literally walked in from Stamford Bridge. My throat is a mess, so I do apologise. Uh, but I am delighted to be bringing you a live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna just before midnight on this wonderful Wednesday evening. Brilliant to see Arsenal bouncing back from what's been a really, really difficult run. And on a night where very few people gave us much hope. I said going into the game that I would have been absolutely delighted with a point, that I'd have grabbed that at the start, that I'd have bitten your hand off for a point because of the fact that for me, that was significant, just because it kind of would have cancelled out, wouldn't it? Um, Spurs is sort of superior goal difference. But to get three points is more than I thought was possible. And so obviously I'm delighted with the result. Um, there's just so much to be pleased about tonight and I want to get into it all. And this one's probably going to be a little bit emotional and a little bit, um, a little bit sort of, yeah, it ain't going to be very tactical, put it that way. We'll do all of that tomorrow when everything dies down and calms down a little bit. And I've had a chance to rewatch the game. Um, look, we haven't made the top four yet and there's still a hell of a lot of work to do, but it's the significance of a, of a result like this in that it can really lift everybody again when we've seemed to have just fallen away in terms of our confidence in terms of belief there was a lot of talk about you know a lack of firepower and so for somebody like Eddie Nketiah in particular to come into the side perform the way he did get a couple of goals somewhere like Stamford Bridge will do him the world of good and all of a sudden you know the whole mood around the place is just completely and totally different I'm going to talk about the trip down to Stamford Bridge I'm going to talk about the atmosphere inside the ground which was at one section anyway, in one particular corner, phenomenal. I have to say this. I've been to a lot of away games in my time. I've been to a lot of grounds. Stamford Bridge, for atmosphere in terms of the home fans, is probably up there with the very worst. It is awful. Now, I know there wasn't a full attendance at Stamford Bridge tonight to do with the sanctions that are in place on Roman Abramovich and their inability to sell tickets. But my God, the atmosphere from a Chelsea perspective, was horrendous. Even when they equalised, even when they equalised the second time, it was just awful. Um, so I just wanted to get that in there because I think what often happens is people go to the Emirates Stadium when we're having a difficult time and they come away and they go, oh, it's a library, it's awful, it's these modern day stadiums. Stamford Bridge is very compact. You're basically on top of the pitch. Atmosphere, though, non-existent. I have to say that. Chelsea weren't very good tonight, which obviously you know, plays its part as well. But the atmosphere in general there, I just thought was really, really poor. Um, and it was incredible to see a little corner of Arsenal fans essentially, um, you know, basically out singing them for the whole game, which was incredible. Um, someone in the chat says, I'm guessing you missed Azpil Equator arguing with the Chelsea fans at the end. I did. Um, I'm going to watch that back. I'm going to try and find a clip of that. That sounds interesting. Sounds like something to have a good laugh and joke about. Um, but yeah, listen, it's it's been a really sort of horrible couple of weeks, hasn't it? Because of the results that we've got and then all of that negativity that seems to come every time we drop points and the whole Arteta in, Arteta out thing and change the manager and he's useless. And then people bring in Unai Emery up again for some reason as if 
they weren't all celebrating when he was sacked. It, it drives me insane. So when you get a result like this and you bounce back in this way, it's it's fantastic because, as I say, it's not just about the three points. It's about the lifting of the mood around the entire club. And you very quickly see a lot of those people sort of backtracking, don't you? Well, I want to be proven wrong. Well, I, I always want Arsenal to win, of course. Well, get behind the team then. And and what I found really, really interesting today was, so sort of going into the ground, I was kind of curious as to what the mood was going to be like, because there are a lot of people that are very sort of anti-Mikel Arteta at the moment, or were anyway, before tonight, that were talking about him being sacked and the need for him to be sacked now, today, straight away, that it should have happened you know, after the Southampton defeat at the weekend. So to go into the ground and, and very quickly get the vibe and the feeling that actually the match-going fans, the people that were inside the stadium, and I know there's people that weren't at the game that are obviously um, of the same mindset, but it was really interesting to me that the entire away end from the very off tonight were singing for Mikel Arteta, which goes to show that sometimes we get caught up in this kind of web of negativity online and often they can be the minority they're just the louder ones they're just the ones that are sort of getting the attention they're the people who are i don't know you know whose tweets get traction who's this whose sort of opinions get people kind of talking and stuff and actually it was a really nice feeling to go into the ground today not sort of well sort of knowing i guess even before kickoff that there weren't going to be the moans and groans and obviously the performance helps in that, but there wasn't going to be moans and groans for no reason. There wasn't going to be a, a toxic atmosphere. There wasn't going to be criticism for the manager, despite a lot of people looking at that team selection pre-game and going, hmm, not sure about that. So to see that everyone was behind the manager just kind of reminded me that actually the majority of people are still on board with this understand that there are going to be ups and downs, understand that there's going to be inconsistency. I mean, we've talked about it lots, haven't we, in recent shows about the fact that Smith Rowe, Saka, they're great players in the making and they will get to that level one day, but they're not quite at that level where they're delivering sort of seven out of 10 performances, four out of five games. But they both stepped up tonight and they both performed admirably. Everyone in an Arsenal shirt tonight was very, very good. Um, so yeah, really, really uh, enjoyed it. But as I say, the, the biggest positive for me outside of the football for a second, and we'll come on to break down the game, was to see that the majority were very much behind the team. Now, you can have your view on Arteta, that's fine. But when you're inside the football stadium, get behind them. Get behind them, support them, um, be in good voice, just like we were tonight. And it really does make the difference. It really does help the team, I believe, get over the line. Let's chat about Mikel Arteta's team selection, because as I say, going into the game, it raised eyebrows. It really, really did. And Sort of when I did my team, I was looking at, you know, the idea of playing with a back three. I thought that that was quite sensible. I thought it was interesting that Arsenal didn't just play with a back three tonight, though, that it kept changing, that there were times where Ben White was playing like a right back and there were times where he was tucked in that a little bit more and Bukayo Saka was dropping that a little bit deeper. And then, of course, later on in the game, when Cedric came on, it became a back five with Ben White tucking infield alongside holding and Gabriel. He went with Mohamed Elneny in the midfield, which I said was something that probably needed to happen, um, you know, going into the game 
against Southampton. I said it's something that I would consider just for the extra stability he gives you. And that's not to say that Mohamed Onneni is a great player or he's someone that we think is the future of Arsenal, but he's an experienced international midfielder. And that really showed tonight, I thought. You know, you look at Lokonga and he's got a lot going for him and I'm not dismissing sort of his chances of going on and having a very, very good career at Arsenal Football Club. But what I would say is you could see that composure, the calmness and the experience of Mohamed Elneny in comparison to what we've seen from Lokonga when he's been tasked with playing in midfield. I thought um, alongside Granit Xhaka, that was a pretty solid midfield pairing. Um, I thought that maybe we should leave Martin Odegaard out tonight. I did. I said that in my preview show because I thought that we probably needed a, a few more runners, that we needed people um, that were going to sort of give us a bit more threat in behind. And a lot of you actually said to me in the chat, no, 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 Odegaard needs to be in the side. And you were right. You were spot on because he led by example tonight. He was the captain tonight. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about whether he can take on that role permanently. And based on tonight's evidence, in terms of his work rate, he was closing everything down. He was making challenges. He was strong. He was barking out instructions. He was rallying his troops throughout the game. I spent a lot of time tonight watching Martin Odegaard off the ball as well. And although it wasn't the type of game that he could get on the ball and, and sort of really dictate play, and it wasn't the type of game where we had all the possession and we were trying to unpick a, a stubborn back line and often players like him can be the key. He still did all the other things. He did all the other things that, you know, normally you don't associate with that type of player, the ugly things. And um, yeah, it was excellent to see him perform into that level as well. We're going to come on and run through the individual performances in a minute. But obviously he uh, was flanked by Smith Rowe and Saka. And then Eddie and Ketty are up top. Now, listen, if it were me going into the game, I'd have picked Gabriel Martinelli up top. I felt like we needed that threat in behind um, that Gabriel Martinelli gives you. Um, and, and Mikel Arteta went with Eddie and Ketia and, and people were questioning that. And, and you know, it was a decision that I think, as I say, stunned a few people. But you can't take anything away from Eddie and Ketia. And I'm going to come on to praise him in just a few moments. But before we continue through the show, if you could please hit that like button, it really, really does help. And if you could subscribe to the channel, I'd be most, most grateful because... We are around about 300 subs away from getting to that magic 20,000 mark, which would be amazing. So please do hit the like button and subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you're listening via the audio platforms, please do leave us a review as well. OK, let's run through the team and we'll talk through individual performances. We'll talk through the key moments and then we'll get some of your thoughts and questions as well from the live chat. So let's start with Aaron Ramsdale. Now, in my post-match reaction video that I put out from inside the stadium, which you can find on the on the feed if you haven't seen it already. I said that I thought Ramsdale could have done better with uh, Chelsea's first goal. And I've come home and I've watched it again. I've watched the highlights. And, um, and I think perhaps I was being a little bit harsh. I don't know what it was, but in the stadium, it just felt like it all happened in slow motion. And I felt like as a goalkeeper at your near post, you got to cover something like that. And I felt watching it live that he had enough time to readjust and it, and if his reflexes were good enough at the time that he could get across and he just didn't and um and I guess maybe my sort of view on that was influenced by the fact that sort of watching on I saw the reaction of a few of the Arsenal players that were around the incident Xhaka holding they all kind of turned to Ramsdale and like were like you know what was that 
And I think that maybe influenced my opinion on it. But um, yeah, I stand corrected on that because whilst I still think if I'm being really critical, he could have maybe got there. I think it was a little bit harsh to say that, you know, he was at fault for that goal. Um, but obviously, Arsenal took the lead through what was a gift, let's be honest. Um, really, really piece of, uh, really, really piece of, poor piece uh, of play from Andreas Christensen. I've read sort of on my way home, sort of scrolling through Twitter that Thomas Tuchel's talking about the pitch, um, which is interesting, uh, to say the least. I won't comment too much on that because I've only seen a quote on Twitter and I don't really know Um what he was referring to when he talked about previous incidents like that. But yeah, look, the pass was short and credit to Eddie Nketiah because he was alert. He was switched on. Um, he, he latched onto it. And when he got there, he made no mistake with the finish. It was an excellent finish. And it's, you know, somebody like Eddie Nketiah has been out in the cold for a while. And he gave that really, really good interview, I thought, with the Beautiful Game podcast um, earlier this week. And we talked about it, didn't we, on a on a Chronicles of Aguna extra episode on our YouTube channel yesterday. And I said to you that, you know, it kind of made me sympathise and empathise a little bit with Eddie because he seems like a good lad, like a grounded young man um, and someone who just wants to play football. And I mean, for him tonight to, to have the impact that he did, to do it against the club that released him as well when he was 14 years old, must have been really sort of enjoyable for Eddie and Ketty. So he gets that goal and he gets that goal and you can just feel from then on the sort of confidence flowing through Eddie and Ketia. It was 13 minutes in and you could just see that after that, Eddie and Ketia was a man possessed. He was chasing everything down. And sometimes this is what I keep saying. And I, and I said it on the shows that we did earlier in the week. Um, sometimes in football, it can feel like it's the end of the world and very quickly things can turn and things can change. And you felt like that was a turning point moment for Eddie Nketiah. Now, that's not to say that he's going to go out and be amazing every time he plays now from now on. But you could just see that this young kid who'd been desperate for an opportunity, who was always put in the yards in terms of covering the ground and running across the pitch and, and doing all of that. It just wasn't falling for him. Things weren't going his way. And to have that moment, and sometimes you need a bit of a divine intervention, right? It was a, a gift um, from above, perhaps you could say, that sort of put him through on goal. But he's, as I keep saying, you get an opportunity, you've got to take it. And Eddie Nketiah took it. And um, and I was delighted for him. I really, really was. But then Arsenal, you know, conceded that equaliser just, what, four, five minutes later. I think it was, uh, let's have a look, three minutes later. And, and you felt really deflated. Like being in the ground, I felt really deflated because... It's like you, you get your nose in front, you get a gift, you get an opportunity and then we go down the other end. And and I felt at the time, as I said, that we could have done more to prevent that goal. Then, of course, we go back down the other end and Emil Smith-Rowe, um, you know, 10 minutes later, pulls out a wonderful finish into the far corner. And i got to say, the move, all of it was sensational. The way um, sort of Arsenal won the ball back and then created a counter-attack, I actually thought, that um, that we'd made a bit of a mess of sort of dealing with that defensive situation. I felt like Rob Holding should have left the ball. Was it Rob Holding or, or whoever it was should have left the ball for Aaron Ramsdale to come out and, and smother it? They didn't. Um, Granite Xhaka carried it out, put it through the legs of the Chelsea man. It was like watching Cesc Fabregas at full flow. And then set off this wonderful move that uh, a number of players were involved in. And when the ball got cut back to Emil Smith-Rowe, you know, it wasn't 
a lethal shot. It wasn't one that um, had lots of power. It wasn't one that had lots of venom, but it was so perfectly placed that Edouard Mendy was almost rooted to the spot and couldn't get anywhere near it. A really sort of accomplished finish that from Emile Smith-Rowe, who I think kind of lost his shooting boots at Southampton when he came on. I thought he had a couple of opportunities and he never took advantage of them. But he has this season much more frequently popped up in those positions on the edge of the penalty area and more often than not made those situations count. So fair play to him um, for that because it was a really, really big goal for us at a really uh, important time because it just helped. Like sometimes when you, you take a lead and then you surrender that lead and then the other team starts to get on top and the momentum is with them, it's very easy to kind of slump back, isn't it? And sort of fall back into that no confidence mode that we'd obviously um, sort of had and experienced over the previous few weeks. So, to see Arsenal go and get another goal just kind of reignited us again. But then again, you know, a few minutes after that, I think it was five minutes after that, Cesar Azpilicueta equalises for Chelsea again. And again, it was a goal that I felt was preventable. You know, Ben White was at right back at that point when he had the ball and he kind of tried to carry it out of danger. And Ben White is normally really composed and calm in those situations and normally makes the right decision. But I must admit, at the time, again, and, and watching it back, I think it was I was a little bit harsh. But at the time, I felt like he he needed to get rid of the ball quicker. Watching it back, I don't really think he had much choice. He just got suffocated, closed down. And when Chelsea won the ball back, the ball got delivered into the box. And Nuno Tavares was just too slow in reading what Cesar Azpilicueta was going to do and the move he was going to make, which was across the front post. And it was a really good finish from the Chelsea man, you have to say. And we went in at half time, and I was feeling like, well, I wanted a point tonight, so I shouldn't be disappointed with the fact that we're level at half time. But given that we've been in front twice, I am worried. And you know, it was a it was a weird feeling because you were impressed by some aspects of the game, but you were also frustrated by the fact that the goals we'd given away were so cheap. Um, and, and that was a weird feeling at half time. But I did I was talking to Dan Potts because um Dan Potts was a couple of rows behind me and I said to Dan at half time, you know, I feel like we've got another goal in us. I really do. I feel like we've still got goals in us. You also couldn't rule Chelsea out of scoring again at that point because of how slack we'd been in certain defensive moments. But the, the most impressive thing about Arsenal tonight was the spirit they showed because they kept fighting back. They Even when, you know, confidence was at an, a real low going into the game and then you get the lead and then you get pegged back and then you take the lead again and then you're pegged back again. It must be really hard to keep lifting yourself up. But they did it. Um, they did it brilliantly. And then, of course... Um, you know, just shy of the hour mark, Eddie and Ketia pops up with another one. Somewhat fortuitous in the way the ball sort of fell to him in the ricochets and deflections it took on its way. Um, but again, keep saying it, opportunities when they come, you've got to be good enough and sharp enough to take them. And Eddie and Ketia was certainly that. And then from then on, from the 57th minute on, you're looking at the clock and you're going, we've scored this third goal too early. Genuinely, that's how I was feeling. We've scored this goal too early. But Credit to Arsenal, because I thought from then on, they managed the game brilliantly. There were very few heart-in-the-mouth moments. Um, I thought we ran down the clock very well. I thought that we always had a threat on the break. And I thought the substitution, um, although Eddie and Ketia had had a great game, um, he was clearly sort of running out of steam a little bit up top. And to take him off on 70 minutes and bring on Gabriel Martinelli, 
I thought was perfect. I thought it was the right thing to do because fresh legs, someone who can run around a bit up top, someone that can offer a threat in behind um, and somebody who's going to occupy some of those Chelsea defenders. I thought Melang Saar, by the way, had a torrid time for Chelsea at the back. I thought that um, the fact that Chelsea went and brought Thiago Silva on at half-time after deciding to leave him out initially was a real testament to how threatening we had been on the attack. Um, so I thought that was that was key as well. Um, what else? What else do I want to talk about in terms of the game events? And then we'll come on to individuals. But in terms of the game events, you know, obviously the fourth goal, it's a penalty for me. I think the minute Bukayo Saka gets... Um, on the right side of Aspilicueta from an attacking perspective. And then there's a coming together. There was always a chance that that penalty kick was going to be taken. I think, uh, or going to be given, sorry. I think Mikel Arteta said, and I again, I've literally just walked in the door from Stamford Bridge and hit the live button here. So I haven't watched anything back in detail in terms of the interviews and press conferences. I will do that uh, straight after this. But I think Mikel said he was surprised that Saka took the penalty. And look, the, the kid showed balls of steel. Look, I know it's different taking a penalty when you're 3-2 up with a few minutes to go than it is a penalty while you're level or whatever. But he went and got the ball straight away. As soon as the penalty was awarded, when all that nonsense was kicking off, Cesar Azpilicueta throwing his toys out of the pram at the fact that the spot kick had been given, there was no hesitance from Bukayo Saka. He went and picked up the ball and said, this is mine. I'm going to take this. I'm going to put it in the back of the net. I'm going to secure the points for Arsenal. And we're going to walk out of here winners. Because, again, when you think back to what he went through during the Euros, that's incredible. And I think maybe he felt that this was a, a moment where he could potentially put what happened then behind him. Um, you know, big game, big stage. Doesn't get much opportunity to take penalties when Lacazette's around or uh, when Aubameyang was around prior to that. So, took the opportunity and um, and he stuck it away and it was brilliant. Um, so, yeah, fair play to him as well. So you've got to give Arsenal a lot of credit because, yeah, it wasn't perfect. There were some defensive lapses, I thought, in the first half that allowed Chelsea to get back into the game twice when they weren't very good on the night, if we're being honest. Um, but the the mentality shown and the, the steel in terms of our attitude to kind of bounce back despite sort of having our leads sort of taken away from us twice and then have the spirit to regain the lead, make it 3-2, keep going forward and get that fourth as well, um, whilst also keeping Chelsea at bay in the second half, I thought was was really good. And look, you can talk about the inconsistency and there will be inconsistency with this side. We've talked about it time and time again. You know, you're talking about young up-and-coming players, but how proud are you when you watch Eddie Nketiah um, you know, who I have to give a lot of praise tonight because I've been critical of all season. I've always said that I don't think he's good enough. Well, tonight, uh, you know, it hasn't completely changed my mind on Eddie, but it's gone a long way in sort of making me look like a fool and I'm happy for that to happen. Um, you know, if, if he's going to fire us into the Champions League. But, you know, you've got to think, how proud are you to see Eddie Nketiah, Bukayo Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe essentially win you a game at Stamford Bridge at the home of not just the European, but the world champions. Um, you know, a victory made in Hale End. And, and that's what we're building here. You know, the idea now is to complement those guys by bringing in more experienced, more ready-made players, players of a higher calibre who are already at that level, already experienced, 
at the highest level in order to take this team onto the next level. But there's so much to be positive about and there will be dips and there are peaks and there are troughs and there are down moments and there are highs. And tonight is a high. And I've seen some people on, on social media saying, you know, don't get carried away. No, we're not getting carried away, you know, but if we do, do go and beat Manchester United at the weekend at Emirates Stadium, we're back in a very, very good position. And it just goes to show you how quickly things can turn, as I've already said. But why should you not, as a supporter, enjoy nights like this? I can tell you firsthand that the away support tonight were incredible from start to finish because they were behind the team. Even in the difficult moments, they trusted in the team um, and they were behind them. And there's a unity there and there's a connection developing between the Arsenal fans and that group of players and that manager as well. And, and ignore what you see from, from some people, because while some of their points are valid, it feels to me like they're missing a lot of what's positive about the direction in which Arsenal are travelling. And and that's my view. And I don't wish to force it on anybody. And you're all entitled to have your own opinions. But that kind of connection that I felt tonight in the stadium with that group and with the manager and the togetherness and the unity is something that hasn't been there for so many years. It wasn't there in the last few years of Arsene Wenger because the fan base was divided on whether he should stay or whether he should go. It wasn't there with Unai Emery because... At the end of his first season, when he sort of threw away Champions League qualification, and then obviously we went to Baku, got battered, and then his second season started dreadfully, didn't it? So there was never any time for that to develop. Um, there was never any time for that connection to form. But now we've got that. And that, to me, is, it's not the be all and end all. You want results first and foremost. But it's a massive thing when supporting and following your football club. Like, I felt sick to the stomach from the 57th minute onwards. No word of a lie until... Listen, we got the penalty to make it 4-2. And the whole away end erupted when John Moss pointed to the penalty spot. And me, and, and you can ask people that were with me, me, no. I, I felt... I was so, like, emotionally invested and drained and sort of... I didn't know how to feel. I, I was just like, calm down. I was turning around to the people behind me and I was going, calm down. we got to score it first. Calm down. And I didn't care that much at the back end of the Wenger era. And I didn't realise it at the time, but you started to feel a little bit indifferent about it all. I didn't care all that much when Unai Emery was in charge. And again, you don't realise it at the time, but you do now when you look back. And I'm not saying that I didn't care at all at those points, but I feel so much more invested and I care so much more now because I feel connected again to my football club. And there were a good few years where that wasn't there. Let's say a big thank you and a big hello to Kyle Turner, who's just signed up to become a member of the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel. Kyle, thank you so much, mate. Make sure you click on the community tab uh, and get the link to the Discord server. Come and join us in there. It will be great to have you. Um, if you want to become a member of the Chronicles of Aguna, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description or the join button below if you're watching on a PC. Um, it is so, so appreciated. You guys continuing to support the podcast really does help me and gives me, as I always say, uh, more sort of time and, and more ability to spend more time on the show um, as a freelance broadcaster. So thank you uh, so much to Kyle for that. 
Okay, let's run through some of the individual performances. There's loads to talk about on this as well. Um, again, I know I keep saying it, but please do hit that like button if you haven't done so already. Let's try and get up to at least 200 likes by the time the stream ends. Um, okay, let's do it. Let's run through the team just quickly as I started to, didn't I? I went Ramsdale. Um, I, I thought he probably should have done. Maybe I'm being harsh. I don't know. There's still a tiny part of me that feels like he should have done a little bit better with that first goal, but fine. Um, then you move into the back line. Ben White, I think he had an iffy first half. I really do. I thought he looked uncomfortable at right back at times. And that's because Marcos Alonso was coming down that left-hand side and Timo Werner kept pulling out there as well. Now, Timo Werner is a weird player because you look at him and you think, he hasn't got any end product. And it's weird because when he came to the Premier League, he had an incredible record. Um, you know, he'd scored lots and lots of goals in Germany. Uh, he'd done really, really good things. And it hasn't really worked for him in England. But what you realise when you watch Timo Werner in particularly, uh, sorry, particularly live, is that he's rapid. And you can see it on the TV, of course, as well. But I don't think I appreciated anyway how rapid he is across the ground until I saw him in the flesh again tonight. Um, and that's always a threat, right? So I think that Ben White was a little bit out of his comfort zone playing at right back at various points in the first half. I thought he got better in the second period. Rob Holding, again, as well, looked a little bit rusty to me. You know, it's all good bringing Rob Holding on with 10 minutes to go, chucking him into that back line and, and sort of bolstering that a little bit. But playing from the start tonight, I thought he looked a little bit rusty, but obviously did a good enough job. Uh, Gabriel looked back to his best to me. Um, that's the Gabriel that we want to see. And he seems to have dips, doesn't he, Gabriel, from time to time. But it was great to see him back at an incredible level. Uh, moving on to the left side, I want to give a lot of praise to Nuno Tavares tonight because whilst I've said that I felt he probably could have done a little bit better with Chelsea's second goal in the way that he was just a little bit slow to react to Azpilicueta's run and track him and, and get there and prevent him or at least make it difficult for him to finish, I thought he offered us so much down that left-hand side. Um, he offers you the ability to just pick up the ball, get his head down and carry it up the line and give you respite when you're under pressure to have a player that can do that, that can carry the ball up the pitch and get the whole team up the pitch um, is, is really useful. Is he as solid as Kieran Tierney defensively? No, but I think he gives you that power on the left-hand side. And I think in an away performance, especially... Um, we could have done with that. He also got forward a few times to good effect tonight um, and just didn't have the end product. I've always said that about Nuno. that He's probably missing that. But yeah, I thought it was a good performance from him considering all that's gone on recently. Mohamed Elneny, as I've already said, I feel like, have I already done this bit, this um, individual's bit? Or did I kind of mix, mash it up with talking about the team? I think I did, didn't I? Um, yeah, so forgive me if some of it sounds a little bit repetitive. But um, Mohamed Elneny, as I said, the experience really showed and I thought he was solid in the middle of the park, um, plugged all the right holes, filled all the right spaces and, and did the simple thing as Mohamed Elneny does. Um, Granite Xhaka, solid next to him, really good performance for him. Um, and I thought he was a, a strong contender for the man of the match today. Um, I, I thought he was excellent in that midfield. He won't get the credit that he deserves because he never does because he's Granit Xhaka, which is a shame. But I thought tonight he was really, really good. Odegaard, as I say, led by example. Fantastic. Uh, Captain Fantastic tonight. Saka, brilliant as well. Um, Smith Rowe, devastating when he got 
close to the penalty area. He was really unlucky, actually, not to have a second goal, wasn't he? When he showed some brilliant footwork on the edge of the box at the end of the first half, and he just fired wide. And Enketia, well, brilliant to see him having got his opportunity and um, and really sort of taking it. Okay, um, let's take some of your thoughts. Let's take some of your questions from the live chat. Remember to pop a cue at the beginning so that it's easy for me to pick them out uh, from the crowd. Don't forget, we want to get up to 200 likes between now and the end of the stream. So if you haven't done so already, um, please do and subscribe to the channel if you're new. Right, let's take some of your thoughts. Let's take some of your questions. Where are we going here? Um, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Um, oh, Tariq. A uh, big shout out to Tariq Talks, who's been a platinum member uh, for 16 months uh, today. That just come up on YouTube. Thank you so much, mate. Honestly, um, really appreciate your support. And he says, I became a platinum member over a year ago when I was unemployed and didn't have much to my name. You're amazing, H, and such an inspiration, mate. Thank you so, so much. And whilst you're subscribing to this channel, make sure you head over and subscribe to Tariq's because it is fantastic. Please do get over to Tariq Talks. Um, if you click on his name in the chat, it will take you straight there. Make sure you're subscribed uh, and show Tariq some love and some support because he's doing um, some great work over there as well. Okay, let's get some of your thoughts. Let's get some of your questions. <laughs> Thunder Road says, Harry is so wired he won't fall asleep until 3 a.m. I hope not because i got to take my son to nursery, which means I've got to get up at about 7 o'clock in the morning. Oh, nightmare. Um, and then uh, and then a busy day and evening of work as well. So, yeah, I'm hoping I get a better night's sleep than that, mate. Um, Amira says uh, Nuno needs to work on his decisiveness, though. He needs to learn when to release the ball. But if coached right, he could be a beast going forward. I agree. Um, Creambone says Xhaka credit where credit is due. Defo man of the match. Um, Cesar joins us from... It says or Caesar. Sorry if I've said that wrong. Uh, joins us from Arkansas in the USA. Hope you're well. Good time this, isn't it, for streaming for our US-based uh, viewers here on YouTube. Hope you're good, mate. And a big shout out to everybody uh, on the other side of the pond. Uh, Selgeo says, will Enketia get to keep his place for this Saturday? I think he's got to. The only thing I can think of is that perhaps Mikel had the idea of playing him up front in one and maybe Martinelli in the other, or will Laka come back in? I don't really listen. I don't really mind if it's Enketia or Martinelli, as long as it's not Lacazette, because I think you saw tonight um, a real, real difference in having a mobile forward and a mobile striker. The only thing I'd say though is that it's going to be a very different game. If I'm going by what I saw from Ralph Rangnick in the game against Liverpool last night. And although it didn't work, he was very negative, wasn't he, in the way that he set United up. Will they show us that much respect? Will they come out and try and play us? I don't know. Difficult to predict um, what the, um, you know, what the setup from United is going to be. In fact, we'll bring a couple of guys on, uh, Man United experts who do the uh, 90 Min Manchester United podcast on Friday. And we'll get their view and their thoughts on it. And we can try and work out based on that what we might think is the best way to approach it. But there's no reason why Eddie shouldn't keep his place in the team, right? He was brilliant tonight. Probably his best performance ever in an Arsenal shirt. So to leave him out would be a little bit harsh unless he's tired, unless he's 
carrying a bit of a knock unless the plan was all along for Gabby maybe to start up top instead. And that's why he didn't start tonight. I don't know, but I think he deserves his place. Yeah, for sure. Um, O'Malley says, what did you think of Mikel's subs in this game? They were very proactive. Yeah, I felt like he, he moved to change things before we started to suffer. And I think at times, one of the criticisms that we've levelled at Mikel since taking the job is, is in-game management. That seems to be something that a lot of people kind of jump on and talk about. And so to see him, uh, you know, as you say, be proactive in his changes was was really cool tonight. And um, listen, we know that he's a young developing manager and we know that he's going to get things wrong. But all I want to see, all I demand, all I ask is that he learns from those mistakes or at least shows that he's learning from some of them. It doesn't mean he's going to be flawless and get everything right. Like I mean, Pep Guardiola got it horribly wrong, didn't he, in the FA Cup semi-final against Liverpool. And he's an elite, elite manager. So it goes to show you that all managers can make those mistakes. I just want to see that he's learning, developing. Rory says, you're correct about Ramsdale. His feet were flat and the pace of the ball was taken off of it by Xhaka's block. Um, lovely line says, how poor do you think Lekonga has been? He's disappointed me so much. 23 early next season and a full international. Uh, look, he has been a touch underwhelming for me in comparison to what I thought he was when I saw him in his first few appearances for the Arsenal. But, you know, got to give the guy time to adapt and... And I just think that at this moment in time, when you're going through um, a difficult period, I think that just having that little bit more experience that Mohamed Elneny brings is probably the right way to go. And look, again, do I want him to sign a new contract? Probably not. Do I think he's someone that, you know, would be in anywhere near my first 11 if everybody was fit and available? No, he's not. But given the current players that we have missing and given the issues we've had of late, just that little bit more solidity in midfield, I think, is important. Brian says, do you think Nketiah has a future beyond this season or is tonight a game for him to advertise for potential suitors? The impression I get from, from Eddie Nketiah from watching that interview yesterday um, was that it's not about money. It's not about status. I genuinely got from him that it is about football. And I think unless he's going to get guarantees from Mikel Arteta, about how his role is going to be next season, what his role might be. I mean, for example, if we were in the Europa League, Eddie Nketiah would know that he'd probably play in all the six group games, maybe in the knockout rounds as well, depending on, on who you get. And in that case, you'd go, well, maybe I could stay here because you'd get that, you'd get the FA Cup, you'd get the League Cup, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that Eddie's probably right to be biding his time here. He's probably right to want to see what the situation is in the summer, how the land lays and what Mikel Arteta's plans are. Um, I think this will, and we know that Arsenal want to keep him. We know that offers have been made to keep him. We know that those discussions have taken place. This performance tonight will only strengthen Arsenal's position in that sense or strengthen their desire, increase their, not strengthen, increase uh, their desire to want to keep him. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know what the future holds for him, but I still think that despite tonight, it's about, um, it's about what guarantees he'll get going into next season. Um, he seemed to talk as someone who kind of feels like he's been sold this dream before at Arsenal. 
Um, and he signed a new deal, didn't he? Well, a five-year deal, nearly five years ago now. And, and it hasn't really worked out since. Lots of you uh, joining us and telling us um, uh, all kinds of times that you're tuning in for Omar's joining us. It's 2.22 a.m. where he is. Uh, Sko joins us from Bali where it's 7.22 a.m. He says he hasn't slept. This is what football does to him. Avic says, um, next time you meet Rory, tell him keep my manager's name out of your effing mouth. That's Rory Jennings, uh, who, of course, was on TalkSport 2 yesterday um, talking about Mikel Arteta. I actually joined the guys. I joined him and Adi Oladipo this evening at about, I think it was just before 5 p.m. Um, to sort of respond uh, to what Rory had said about Mikel Arteta. And I'm so I'm delighted that we got one over on his team tonight because it kind of backed up my point. Uh, a little bit there. Uh, SJ Chan says, the lads were fantastic today. Let's do this. I saw one channel. Guy was upset because he wanted us to lose and calls himself an Arsenal fan. He went on an angry rant because we won a game. Shameful. I, I don't get that. and I'll never get that. But anyway, what else have we got? Um, Hardik Sharma says, do you think Tommy will come back for the Man United game? Again, I, I told you guys in the preview show, didn't I? I did say that Although the update around Tommy Asu was he might make it, he's involved again, he's close. I wasn't going to buy that because we'd heard that so many times prior. Like, I hope he's back in the squad because this injury issue is a concern for me because of how long it's been rumbling on for. So I hope he's back in the squad. Will he be fit enough, ready enough to start? I don't know. He'll obviously have another three, four days training under his belt by the time that game comes along or by the time Mikel Arteta needs to name the squad for that game. I'm optimistic that he might be in the squad, but again, I don't know whether he'll be ready to come straight in in such an important game. What else have we got? Uh, Kevin says, was forward motion the big change versus the last three games? I think it's it's difficult because it's difficult to really put your finger on it because I thought that we had the threat in behind today and I thought we had pace and I thought that playing with wing-backs, if you like it, in certain game states gave us additional width and gave those players in the wide positions, particularly Nuno Tavares on the left, more opportunity to bomb on and um, and get involved in the play. But the issue that you have when you're Arsenal, the issue that you have when you're any club who are sort of in the upper echelons of the division is that most of the time, when you play a Southampton or you play a Brighton or you play a Crystal Palace, those sides are not going to come on to you as much as Chelsea are. And they're not going to squeeze as high up the pitch as Chelsea are. And therefore, you can have all the threat in behind in the world. But if they're sitting on the edge of their penalty area, there isn't any space in behind to utilise. And I thought the fact that we had that sort of mobility up top and Chelsea played with such a high line it really benefited us. And I think that's why you have to give Mikel Arteta credit for sort of identifying what Chelsea were going to do, coming up with a game plan, and then you have to give the players credit for executing it almost to perfection. I think it's it's a weird one for me because, you know, I I hear it all the time, you know, when we when we win a game, it's because we were lucky or it's because... Um, the players won the game, but when we lose a game, it's all on the manager and, you know, that there's no way that he could have possibly been unlucky. So I think we have to give the manager credit tonight because, as I say, he's made mistakes of late. He's made a few decisions that have been questionable 
and and some that have cost us. But I think him identifying what Chelsea were going to do, he talked about it briefly in his post-match interview about picking a team that was flexible. And that's why Ben White played at what looked like right back for most of the game. Not because he wanted to drop Cedric, but because he felt like he needed to be able to shape-shift the team in-game based on what they knew and what they thought Chelsea were going to do. So you've got to give him credit because sometimes we talk about him overcoaching and overcomplicating. And, and sometimes those are the touches that you need and the things that you, you need to kind of implement in order to be the difference between getting results at places like this and not. Uh, Wondering Minstrel says, um, H, did you think ESR needed the run out? Yeah, he's been a little bit below par of late. Um, he's been a little bit um, careless in possession. He's been a little bit, maybe not careless, in, maybe careless is the wrong word. He's not looked himself of late. And I think a lot of that is due to fitness issues. But tonight, he put in a real good shift, worked really, really hard. And to get the goal, uh, that he did as well in the way that he did would have given him a massive confidence boost. So, yeah, it was a good night for him as well. Um, what else have we got? Do, do, do. <laughs> uh, Westbird says, is work event? She's referring to Thomas Partey back in training. And if so, does he start on Saturday or would you play an unchanged team? Seems to be stepping things up. Thomas Partey, I don't think he'll be available, though, for Saturday. I've I've got no um, news on that. I've had no indication um, and I don't think Mikel Arteta will give too much away in his pre-match press conference either. But I don't expect him to be back for Saturday. But hopefully he'll be back um, quicker than we initially thought. Look, I'm going to start to wrap it up because it is very, very late. And as I say, I've got to get up at a stupid time in the morning to take my boy to nursery. Um, and then I've got a mad day tomorrow. So I do want to get some shut eye. It is half past midnight here in the UK and I'm knackered away games. Always, all football matches tire me out, especially when they're um, as emotionally draining at times as that one. But I just want to kind of summarize brilliant night for the Arsenal. Fans were excellent. The players were excellent. The manager's plan um, was put together brilliantly and executed excellently by the players out there as well. It's a big, big night for us because not only does it give us the three points that we so desperately needed, the three points that, not many people thought we'd get. I didn't think we'd get. But to get a result at a place like Stamford Bridge, that can be something that really does lift you. And as I said earlier, it can lift the mood. It can give you that bit of confidence that has perhaps eroded away in recent weeks. So there's lots and lots to be pleased about tonight. Don't listen to the people who say, oh, we've still got to go and win. Yeah, we know we've still got work to do. We know we've got a big game coming up on Saturday. But enjoy it. Enjoy it because... These nights, that's what you're in football for, right? That's what you follow a team for, for the special nights like tonight. So enjoy it, lap it up. But from tomorrow, the focus shifts to Manchester United. All eyes are on that one. All the um, all the focus will be on Saturday's game, of course. And, you know, we have struggled of late and we've struggled for consistency in our performances throughout Mikel Arteta's tenure, I think. Um, but this season we've been more consistent. We've been able to ensure that some of these really bleak runs have not gone on for as long as they might have done under previous sort of circumstances. Look, I just I just want to say that enjoy it. Um, be happy, be proud. Be proud that 
it was a victory made in Hayland. Be proud of all that stuff. And um, and we're not out of this top four fight just yet, despite what some people were banging on about last week. We're still in this and we're going to give it a good crack. And for me, as long as we give it our all um, and as long as we, we're competitive right to the very end, you know, if it goes our way, great. And, and maybe, hopefully, that boost that comes with Champions League football, not just in terms of your finances, but your status as a football club, will accelerate the process. Let's see um, where we go from here. But we're still in it. We're still fighting. Uh, up the Arsenal. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. As I say, uh, we, we're still shy of 100, uh, sorry, of 200 likes. But there's no reason why we can't get much closer between now and the outro finishing. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you're new. And if you're listening on podcast platforms, particularly Apple Podcasts, please do leave me a review. I'll catch you all tomorrow with some more content from the Emirates Stadium. Um, I'll be on TalkSport 2 from 4 till 6 p.m. Uh, talking about this one with Adi Oladipo. And then, of course, we have our live event over at the Hippodrome Casino, um, presented by Lee Judges TV and the Highbury Squad, featuring myself and Tom Canton with special guest Kevin Campbell, a live podcast from 7 till 9 p.m. Um, tomorrow night. Now, some of you have, have already contacted me. I think there are a few spaces left if you're still interested, but contact me quickly. Um, let me know and I can send you a ticket over. You must bring ID if you're attending this event, no matter how old you look, no offence. Um, but it is a casino and ID is always requested uh, upon entrance. So make sure you've got that with you and it should be great fun. I'm sure we're going to have a great chat and I'm looking forward to meeting some of you guys in person as well. So I'll catch you all soon. Until next time, take care of yourselves and come on, you gunners. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.